What is up, my fun doodles? Welcome back to another Beat Around the Music podcast. Today, we've got a very special guest. But before I introduce them, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who came before. On Sunday, we had Bez. Monday, we had Imaginary Holly. And yesterday, we had a great interview with Ben Eaton. A lot of wisdom from all of them. Fantastic stuff. A lot of great tips. Um, I'm going to he- go ahead and introduce uh, my next guest, who most of you probably know. Um, it's the great Miss DJ. Uh, he's a fellow Liverpoolian. And I, I, I try to connect with that side of my, uh, you know, heritage as much as I can. But I would describe him and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody in the chat, uh, that he can be described as very entertaining and inspiring individual who I've had the pleasure to meet during the first lockdown, which was uh, a very important time for me which we'll talk uh, about a little later. And he does everything from creating YouTube videos uh, to um, having a fantastic community over on Discord for creatives uh, to producing music and also streaming over here, over at Twitch, uh, some awesome retro games, which I'm sure we'll touch upon uh, in our chat. I will say he is a force to be reckoned with. That's how what I would say. Uh, I'm, I'm sure many others would agree with me. Well, thank you so much for, for taking the time. And I, I know this is your supposed to be your day off from uh, streaming. Yeah, uh, but here we are. We're oh, bro, you back I wanted to, to do this, mate. You've you've put so much time and effort into these things, and oh, I'm God. I'm so I'm. It's, it's amazing that you've offered me the, you know, oh, to be on this as well. It's it's my pleasure. I mean, it's uh, it's the, it's the least I can do. I mean, we'll get into it later, but um, no, I really appreciate it. And uh, I guess we can get started in in terms of, uh, as my friend Nacho would say, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Uh, just to do some. <laughs> I've not done a, a, a Nacho Libre reference yet, so this is my first one. This one, we need a ding. We need a counter. And there we do. Oh, I, can I set? That's, you need that's to a good te- idea. That's a, a YouTube video that you need to do. Teach yeah. us how to do a uh, counter. Yeah. But one thing that we've been asking everybody in terms of, you know, kind of starting off the conversation is what is your earliest memory? But with you, it's a little bit different because you, you, you've got like quite a few things that you've got going. You you do yeah. music, you do videos, yeah. you, you love games. So you're trying to say I lack focus, Billy? That's what you're no, trying to say. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say. <laughs> I, think I tell myself that every day, so no. it's all right. I was going to say the opposite. I think, yeah. You're very versatile, and I think that's what a lot of people enjoy about your streams, and that you can cover a range of topics and easily just talk about them. Mm-hmm. So my question is, like, what came first, if anything came first? Was it the games, music, a YouTube? I mean, I guess YouTube may may have been a bit later, but earliest memory. It's weird. It's because I can remember playing, you know, old consoles when I was a kid with my dad and things like that. So I got a love and appreciation of like gaming mm-hmm. growing up. And I always remember, you know, playing the certain game when I was a kid, the Centipede on the Atari 2600, if anyone remembers that. And uh, I always have that memory because that's the last, the first and last game my dad ever played. I'm not, mm. not like he's dead or anything. <laughs> he just stopped playing games. It always, it always sets it up like he, and then he died in a plane crash. No, he didn't. He's all right. He just, he just stopped playing games after that. He didn't need oh, to play okay. anymore. But that was like a kind of competitive thing in our household. Like when I, my dad's saying, oh, I'm the best at this game and all this stuff. But uh, yeah, gaming kind of was first and kind of like the first love, I guess. But um, mm. music was the thing that just hit me really like an avalanche. Like I never, I didn't know where it came from. I like, I was trying to think about this like the last couple of days, like how the hell did they get into music? And it's, I don't even know, you know, it's like, I remember listening to the Beatles while I was in bed when I was really young and I was obsessed with the way the music used to shift from left to right. And I used mm. to think it was the most magical thing it was like watching a film in bed but in your head you know yeah That's what the beatles felt like so i got obsessed with this kind of 
emotive feel that this music was giving me. So as I've always been, I'm a pretty emotional guy anyway, but that was one of the first things that really hit me musically. And that obviously stayed with me. And nice. then I remember um, when I was in infant school, which is like the youngest kind of school you can go to, mm. they were given away instruments and uh, to anyone who kind of wants to be in the raffle. And uh, I'd never won anything. I was always thinking, I'm like, I'm like, I wouldn't win anything there. But I was the first one drawn out and I got to pick something and I picked a guitar. Oh, I nice. Like, I must have been about, what, the eight or something like that, if that. Uh, I had no idea how to play it. I just liked the look of it, you know? So uh, there was no YouTube or anything like that then. There was no one to say, hey, this is how you play it, Stephen. This is how you do it. This is how you tune it. So I just looked at it and strummed away, you know, completely out of tune. And I had that for years until I could actually learn how to play it. So that's kind of like, kind of hand in hand, but music mm. was the, the big thing for me. And like, and, and still is. It's probably the the main thing out of everything I do. So uh, in terms of picking the guitar, was there somebody, like my story is always the fact, you know, like I remember watching, being a young kid in Luxembourg of all places, watching television and they had a documentary about Elvis Presley and he was doing all the, you know, like the crazy Yeah, I remember looking at that and being like, oh, that's the instrument I want to play someday. Is there there a moment like that for you? Like the- really? I mean, I suppose, I can remember watching like Back to the Future and seeing Marty McFly playing Johnny Be Good at the yeah. end and thinking that was the coolest thing ever. But I've never really been like as much as I play the guitar and that. I've always been someone who just picks up an instrument and make, try and make any tune on it, you know. I don't, mm. And that's why I always struggle with like, oh, am I a musician? Because that's not how I kind of see like instruments, you know. It's so I just pick it up and try and play something and then I try and record it or whatever. Um, and that's kind of always been. But I suppose like those early days of watching like so the Beatles, so. I think it was like 1995. I don't even remember this. There was a big ser- Beatles series on TV called the Beatles Anthology. Yeah, so it was a bit, it was a massive thing then, and I that was kind of like a big introduction to all of the songs for me because I'd heard some beforehand, but then they kind of went through a lot of them. And I remember sitting there by the TV with a talk boy. I don't know if you remember this. It was basically a tape recorder that was featured in Home Alone 2. Oh, <laughs> the, the little white one with the microphone, the plastic microphone? Yeah, yeah, it's got a, pl- it's got a plastic microphone yeah. kind of, yeah. it's all kind of, and I was taping that off the TV because obviously there's no way to oh, kind of, awesome. you know. So, I, and I remember walking to school with my tape Walkman and then with all these little cuts of the songs. Mm. And that's how I had the Beatles songs back then. And I was just obsessed with that. And I wanted, and the thing that was I was obsessed with more than the, probably the singing and all that was the riffs. I always loved mm. the riffs, you know, Day Tripper and, you know, oh, all Picture Ride. Yeah. All those were just always in my head because you were just like little, you know, the little melodies, I guess. And um, so I was obsessed with that. And then later on, I suppose my biggest, I suppose, musical hero, guitar hero, I suppose, was uh, Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead. Absolutely <laughs> love that guitarist because I'd never heard anyone play guitar like that. I, up to then, it was just, I was never really interested in blues and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. As much as I could see other people and be like, wow, it's amazing what they could do. I had no interest in doing stuff like that. But when Johnny Greenwood played the guitar, he played the guitar like he wasn't playing guitar. He just, it was just like, he was hitting it, you know, he was abusing it. I mean, uh, from what I've listened to so far, there's quite a bit of effects going on as well, which we can touch upon a little bit later because you like, in your music, you've got uh, quite a few effects as well. I don't know if that's an influence. Yeah, so yeah. Radiohead. I guess if you're gonna pick a favorite band, there's Radiohead's my favorite band. Mm. You know, it's just like you know, you get you get a kind of obsessed with a band or an artist, stuff like that, and then you just kind of love everything they've done. And I'm kind of like that with Radiohead. So well, I was I watching some of your podcast episodes, and 
You know, I think in every single one you might have mentioned <laughs> at least yeah. one reference. Of Everything was Radiohead. I know we have to kind of calm down on that because we're like we're talking about Radiohead too much, and if it's not Radiohead, it's Tom York solo stuff, which is the singer mm. of Radiohead. I was like, all right, this is too much. You know, when if it's not that, it's David Bowie, the Beatles. So we just got this kind of trio. We'd kind of go around, and so you got you got the guitar. But at which point is there a point in time where you remember saying, oh, "I'm going to spend some time learning how to play yeah. the guitar," or is it like? This is going to sound like a proper rags to riches story or something like that. But you know what? Um, I remember there was an early morning music class and I wasn't in music in school. I mm. didn't opt to, to, to choose to do that. But um, I had a couple of friends who were. And at that point in time, Oasis were a big thing. You know, and I was kind okay. of getting into them. Like Oasis were a, a very important for me growing up. You know, they were basically kind of just copying Beatles, you know, just making melodies and you know, well, they're huge lyrics. Beatles fans, aren't they? Yeah. But... So they were kind of doing that in a modern sense. You know, it was good, but you know, at that time for me, for for young me, that was like really important, like for the rebellious teen or whatever. Uh, and I remember coming in early with them and I wanted to go into the music room with them because they had all the instruments out there and I'd peek in and it just looked like you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory looks, oh my God, what's all this stuff? But the music teacher wouldn't let me in. And I was like, what? Why won't you let me in? And he said, you don't play an instrument. So what I'd do was bring my crappy guitar I'd br- and I'd sit outside and learn it. And for like a month, he would not let me in until I knew how to play a couple of chords. Really? So, yeah. So I, I, I learned, basically, I learned my guitar um, sitting on a windowsill outside the music room That's in the incredible. morning. Do you reckon um, that teacher did it on purpose? I hated them, to be honest. <laughs> I hated them. <laughs> I've got other reasons why I hated them, but like, yeah, I wish he wouldn't have done that because I've probably got more time in there. Mm. Um, and because I was trying to learn from the people in there anyway, because they afterwards they would like writing stuff in the back of exercises, exercise books, and which would be in science or something like that. And he'd be like, yeah, try and learn in this riff or this chord. And then the back of my exercise books was just full of like wow. tunes to work, to work out. And that was the most exciting thing because that was pre internet. So that was the only way you could get to learn a song, you know? Mm. I, I love that back in a way because it's it's kind of nice because you'd be so kind of obsessed with learning that tune you've written down and you'd be like, oh, have I written down that wrong? Is that wrong? Is that no, that note sounds wrong? And then you go and go, did you write that down wrong? Like, yeah, oh god, I did. And then you'd be correcting them what they've done, and that was just it was just a fun time, you know. I guess it also creates that sense of um, you know community as well in in the sense that you're got that interaction with kids that are into the same stuff as you. Yeah. So rather than like sitting at home and what reading some tabs or trying to watch a YouTube video where you're oh my you God. know there's somebody demonstrating, at least you're having that kind of social aspect to it. We're talking about is- tabs though, I remember I did it the wrong way around. I was learning the tabs thinking that was chords. So I didn't notice. Like, I was, like, learning all the the notes thinking, oh, that's why you play chords. And I was like, this this seems so hard. You just see them strumming away. And I'm like, how, how the hell am I? So I learned all the notes first. Oh, and then good. someone told me, you know those little letters just above them? <laughs> that's the chords you're playing. I was like, oh! <laughs> and suddenly it just went boom. And I could, it felt like I could play the whole book then just by strumming the chords, you know? But I'd be learning oh. all the notes first. So you did, you learned how to sight read stuff. And oh, then, to, wow. Yeah. So okay. I, can, I can't learn, I, I can't read, mu- I mean, I can't read music in the traditional right, sense. Yeah. I, I can't do that at all. Like, and I've tried, I just, it just not, not set in. I know if it's sat down there for ages and do it, but to be honest, I've got no interest. I'm tablature. For guitarists, it's not a, Exactly. It's kind of an improvised instrument. Uh, And when I play the piano, it's like, I don't even, I don't really read it. I just lay it, I look at what the guitar chords are and kind of work it out, you know? Nice. So you play guitar, piano, anything else that you... It's it's so weird because I feel like 
I'll pick anything up and try and make a tune. Like I, when when we were in the studio um, with our studio, we had um, recently. Then my um, the other guy I was w- working with, he'd bring in any old instrument, and we just try and get something out of it, you know. Mm. So even though we couldn't play a violin or whatever, we try and get a line out of it. Um, yeah. So that's the way. That's the mentality I've always been. Just pick it up and see what you can do with it, you know. I did watch that video where you're like I think I think it was like from I I forget which record you were recording, but um you had the kalimba mm-hmm. and you had the, you did some percussive stuff you didn't oh, even yeah. play the actual or you played the kalimba but you did some very nice rhythmic stuff uh, on it <laughs> which i was like oh that's you know that's a neat way to because we, to we don't because uh, you know you could probably look up a youtube video but when you're in the in the mode when you're in the time of like i'll just try and put something on it you're not going to go, okay, let's just throw YouTube on and learn how a uh, video on and try and learn how to use this instrument. It's like, it kind of ruins the moment, you know? It's that, we were talking about that with Ben yesterday about how the whole process of learning a skill or technique or whatever it is and the excitement that comes from it, the adrenaline, the also the, the I don't know if you're the type of person that gets obsessed with you know like if there's something that you want to learn Mm. you kind of like dive into it and you spend a lot of time at least trying to you know master it to some level Mm. and then you can like you know once you reach the point where you want to be like you kind of kind of pull back but there is that sense of uh, for me at least there is that sense of adrenaline when you when you rather than learning it off a youtube video like trying to Mm. figure it out for yourself yeah that's it and it's like that's um, a satisfying thing when it just hits you. You're like, oh, I can play this now, or I know how to play it, or it makes sense. Like, I couldn't play bar chords to, for the life of me when I was younger, and um, someone told me this is how you do it. And because I, I was upset with the with the old guitar I had, with it, mm. which was a really rubbish old guitar, uh, I was I, I I thought you can't do bar chords on it. Maybe it's just the way this guitar is. And then my friend came around and could play and went, no, you can't. Look, boom, straight away did a G or something in bar chord, and I was like, oh. So I was, this is the weirdest thing. I went to bed holding the bar cord down and for as long as I could. And I was just holding it on bed. And it's like, I'm just going to try and sleep and see if I, as long as I can. And it hurt so much. But the next morning, honestly, I could play bar chords. It was there. It was there in the muscle memory. It, it yeah. was all in the muscle memory, yeah. So that's how I remember how to do that. And I, I, I mean, a part of that is probably because someone showed me, yeah, you can use this instrument to do that. Right. And I'd be kind of like obsessed with like, no, you can't. And then as soon as you showed me, I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to defeat it. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> like falling asleep playing this. <laughs> I woke up with it literally on my lap still, so it was good. Holly uh, wrote a comment saying, "I wonder if it if that kind of learning encourages more free thinking around music too. So like playing a song in a different way or writing your own music, even just through trial and error of learning." I mean, yeah, that, I think so. For for me personally, like I think like I'm not a disciplined player at all, so I'm very sloppy. Um, and that means I, I find it really hard to play with other people. You know, where someone says, like someone keeps saying, oh, uh, Billy and Steve should play together. I don't want to do that because I think Billy's such a disciplined player. I, I'm scared to do that. I've got a friend who's a really good guitarist. And um, we sat down a few times. And I've just to say to him, mate, I can't play with you. I just, I don't play in this. I don't have the same mathematical brain as uh, my friend. He'll go, okay, let's start a song in 5-4 or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I can't play like that. It, it just comes out, you know what I mean, when I play. So right. I've got very, that's why it takes me so, such a long time to play music, mm-hmm. especially with the bands, because the, the members I've got, we've kind of had to learn. We were all kind of similar in that way. We just kind of, we know each other. We know through a look what we're going to do, you know what I mean, or a feel. Yeah, or yeah, like. I know so exactly. I find it really hard to play with discipline players 
So that's why I've always been a bit like, so what, what I mean, based on that, that, I guess that's a good jumping point to kind of talk about, you know, your, your, your music as well, because I mean, I tried to, I, I know from our conversations that you've mentioned that you've been in a, in a few projects before your solo stuff. Yeah. And the one I've got written down is why to follow, which I remember you've shared some music. Mm-hmm. I also remember, was it Minion TV? Minion TV, uh, yeah. And yeah. is there another one that I'm missing? No, so it, it was getting confusing because I was going to start a new one with my wife called Airvar. Um, <laughs> but I'm actually, last year, right? Or yeah, it's not a last year. We kind of came up with it to kind of just have a name for that was separate from all the other stuff. It's only the last couple of days. I thought, you know, I'm going to regain a bit of focus and kind of still have it as a solo thing. It's mm. still the name because it makes no sense. Even now I'm getting confused of all the projects I've got. I mean, you probably know this yourself. Like how many projects have you got? If you someone asks you about all the projects you've been involved with, you'd be like this and this and this. By the time you get past the third one, everyone stopped listening, you know? <laughs> so yeah. that's the thing. So for me, I'm going to try and keep it with three. I've got Minion TV which is my first proper band where we played live with the most. Um, we used a lot of a lot of music, got used in adverts and things like that. So that's kind of like kept the band going. There was a documentary that used your, mu- <laughs> excuse me, your music, wasn't there? No, that was, so that was the second one. That's why I had to follow <clears throat> that. Did that. So the first one we got on like car adverts, it was a Lexus advert, which paid for my uh, AC30 Vox amp, oh, wow, which I'm nice. very proud of. Yeah, this, which is a cool thing to look at. It's, it's not getting used at all these days, but it's still nice to look at. You've got that memory with it. It's got that memory and it's it's got cushions on top of it. <laughs> you know, at some point it'll get used again, hopefully. It's just, it weighs like a ton. It's the heaviest I think technology thing. is changing as well. Oh, like God. not many people are recording with amps anymore because they're noisy. And so noisy, yeah. and we're getting to a point where you know music is now portrayed as this very clean recording and very yes neat. So I like I've been discussing. I want to get a new amp because I had to sell mine before leaving, and I was like, oh, should I get an amp or should I get one of those like expensive amp simulators? And there's this whole debate. I mean, we can go into it later, but that's, that's uh, a good. That's a good discussion to be honest, though. Yeah. Um, I, I I totally agree with you because I've got to the point where I'm mostly DIing into some kind of you know mm. um, I mean, yeah, yeah like a guitar rig or something like something like that is just and that's getting better and better as a new version of that which is really cool mm. um, and I've got both versions now so it's all the different amp um, remodeling and all that yeah, stuff yeah. but uh, it's a lot as you said it's a lot cleaner because as soon as you put an amp on it depends where you are as well if your if your house is um you know the electrical space, supply yeah. is um, oh, yeah. and is, is houses wild. in the UK I feel are well. And Greece as well, to be honest. Noisy yeah. stuff. No, it's too it much. Just, it's just so much bulls and things like that. Stuff you don't want. Sometimes I want that. You know, it's part of the thing. But, you know, most times yeah. you want to start off and, and then add it rather than it just being thrust upon you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So with Minion TV, you did a whole bunch of ads. You got like a... So music- it didn't start off that way. We, we were just like a live band. And then we could be signed up to a, a publishing um, company um, oh, who nice. were... Um, you know, you know, eccentric. I think we talked about those. In the yeah, past, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So yeah. we, I think we were one of their first clients when they started, and we were nice. lucky with that because um, we got a good few. Out, um, like our music got kind of synced with a lot of um, TV shows, like Hollyoaks and all these American shows and all this stuff. Oh, wow, but, nice. but, but but notably, the uh, the advert for Lexus was really good because they got us some money that we could buy some better amps. Because at that point, I had a nice like Fender uh, stage amp, which was nice, but it was on it's kind of on its way out, mm. you know. So um, and we were happy with that. We got a couple of Vox amps out of it um and so that was quite nice to do that so we were gigging a lot and uh and that was fun but it kind of like at, at some point i i mean harley mentioned this on the chat the other day that and as you saw my like no that's enough now see no projects for you <laughs> i'm i've always looking somewhere else 
and I always get bored. I always call myself like, especially online, I'm a digital magpie. I'm always like, there's a shiny thing over there. I kind of want to go over there and get it, you know? So with Minion TV, I was like, you know what though? I could kind of, I want to do some more interesting style of music. Like I love the music we're doing, but I was thinking, mm. imagine if we did something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, the ambient side of it, I guess, or a bit mm. more, a bit more filmic, a bit more cinematic. And that's where Wired to Follow came out. But uh, yeah, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So on the side, uh, myself and one of the members from Minion TV started this other project called Wired to Follow. And um, we basically made an EP. And that was like super. I don't know if it's just a part, I don't know if it's a new music or musicians like this. When you start something new, it's super exciting. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. I like, this is this is this is the thing. It's never it's never gonna be the thing, but at, at that time, it is the thing. Yeah, either with projects or with with bands as well. But like, uh, kind of relating to what you're saying is, every time I've had a recording session, or I know that for like a week I'll be in the studio recording. That it takes over my entire life for one thing, but it's also that it feels like that this is the highlight of my life. Like, yes, yeah, that's this, it. This, this it doesn't get better than this. And then when it ends, I, I, for me at least, I crash. I'm like, yeah. What am I doing with myself? I need to do the the next thing. So the I next can... thing, yeah. I can't remember it was. Uh, I think it's a book we both read, and it's about I can't remember it was now, but it's about like as soon as you've done something, get on to the next thing as soon as possible. Stop. Don't wait for validation. Just go straight to the next piece of work. Yeah, the war, the war, or not? Yeah, by Stephen Pressfield. That's where Pressfield. And I, was, I always believe that. I think it's like there's like some things I don't agree with that in that book, but that one I totally agree with. As soon as you wait near the end, that's that's the horrible part of it where you've got to mm-hmm. jump onto the next thing. It's yeah. not always um, a reality for for me, but um, because of the way I work. But um, I do I do believe in that. That the whole mm. gap in between is horrible. It's that search for the next, like kind of what you're describing in the sense that you, you know you you're looking for the next shiny thing, I guess. Yeah. And it, that shiny thing can be anything depending on what you're what you're into. So you you did Minion TV when you started. Why to follow? Was that was Minion TV still going on, or was it kind of like a transition from? That it was back? so weird because um we we were doing quite well in Liverpool with Minion TV, and that's why I think that's I've got a kind of um, self destruct mechanism in my head. I feel like every time we'd, I'm doing something well, I like kind of go, okay, I'm done, I'm, I'm bored, I'm going to move on. And Minion TV were kind of on the cusp of like, oh, we're kind of getting some press and all that stuff, and we get, you know get a lot of people were interested and. Um, and uh, I did made this EP with myself and one of the members, and I was so into that. I thought this is this is the thing I want to do in my life. This is the this yeah. music I'm so proud of. Even though I've just done music, I was so proud of. We were literally in the studio. We actually first time we actually went to the studio um, and paid for it studio time to make this last EP we were doing with Minion TV, and we just made behind the scenes this other EP, and I felt kind of like. I didn't tell the rest of the band that I did this. We'd we'd done this. It was kind of behind the scenes, and now did you know it now? But I was just like, even though we were recording this other thing, I had this other thing on the back burner. Clem was attacking us, um, which was like more excited about. I want to say, you know, which is it's a horrible thing to say because I was excited about the our last IP, IEP, but we were because we were in the nature of why we were in the studio. We were recording songs we'd been playing for ages while you know gigging or whatever. So it and and. I'm not a massive fan of being in a studio. Uh, I'll be honest, like maybe near the end of it where he was like, where they were saying, you can do anything you want. And, was, and then I realized, oh, this is fun. But when we got in there, it was so structured and I hated that. But as soon as he kind of let the leash off and went, so I can grab that instrument off the top of there and just play away with it. And it's like, yeah, you can do that. I was like, why didn't you tell me this is a start? <laughs> because <laughs> that would have been the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing I wanted, where I just right, wanted yeah. to mess around. But because you were limited for time as well, 
um they, you know it's all like no we've got to get this song done so you're just literally recording it as you've done it live and that in a way i kind of like lost a little bit of interest in that process of it and i'm more excited about this stuff that people yeah. do is that just go into a studio and have fun with it i feel like all the sessions that i've done is kind of the first type of that you describe where you go in and you've already rehearsed all the songs you know that you've paid for like eight hours and that's all the time that you get so you're like okay let's get a full album done in like eight yeah hours. and you it's fun to record it but at the same time at the back of your head it's always like okay how much time do we have can we do another take is it worth fixing this should i do this yeah it's 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 you know what i like in it too nowadays um because like we've both done we both make videos and stuff for youtube mm. we both edit and things it's like the editing process is completely different than the creating progress. So if you're going to make a script for like a video on YouTube or something about how to do something, you write it all down and then you record it. And then when you go to edit it, it never really comes out the way you envisioned mm. because you can have a play with it, with the editing stuff and go, oh, what happens if I do this there? And this transition comes in there. Oh, and you, you have all these other ideas. But, you know, that time in the studio, for me, it kind of felt like it was doing it by numbers. Like we were, And we were going to do it exactly the same we, as we did it live. And there was some kind of leeway when we were sitting there. But it just felt a bit like numbers. And I was like, mm. I, don't, I never really want to do this again. I want to kind of just self-produce like we'd done with the earlier stuff. And I mean, never sounds as the same, like polish-wise. But mm. the, this, I, I'd rather have that compromise of having, you know, being more satisfied with, at the end of it and having more fun with it. Yeah, for sure. So this is all like all the stuff that you've done so far. Well, to the point that we've discussed so far is in a studio environment, right? Like you would book, you would book with the band a studio time and go no. in, or was there any home? Produced? The whole so the uh, the Minion TV stuff. Are the, the first thing we did was an album. We did that all ourselves in in our rehearsal room, which was we basically turned it as a studio. We were sharing it with another band. And uh, which got us into an argument with him, really. Um, which I'm, if Pete ever watches this, I'm so sorry, mate. Um, he's a really good friend of mine, mm. but his band were in there as well. And we brought in so much equipment that we just kept getting equipment to record with, and where they oh, were just like a band to rehearse to play gigs. But we kind of turned it into a recording studio with the mm. computers in and the yeah, monitors and all this stuff in that we kind of took over the room. And uh, so they had like little rooms to rehearse in because we wanted to record. That drill is going to kill us. Let's just shut this door. This is so weird, by the way, Billy, because I'm used to asking you questions. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's the other way around. Well, we'll get to that because I, I'd love okay. to talk about that because at some point in terms of the you know transition or the change, but we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Okay. But, um, so you were saying that you, you so you turned this rehearsal space yeah. into a studio. So, were, yeah. you, were you into the tech side of things or were you more? Yeah, you... not as much as, uh, so at the start, not really. I was more into, so the way it would work musically, I'd bring a song in. Um, mm. like um, and then we'd work on it and we'd work on it and work on it and then um, a couple of us took up the mantle of recording it because we didn't really think we were going to do that with what we were going to mm. studio and we didn't realize how much it would cost and we wanted a gig as well and you don't really get paid for gigging you know if you're yeah. definitely when you're starting out as we all know uh, so we just it just kind of fell into the fact that like I would bring a song in um, and uh, a couple of the other guys would take over recording it, and, and that's how. It, and then basically through through that, you kind of pick it up yourself, and everyone kind right, of gets yeah, a good yeah, go. Yeah. So, and then the last thing we did was we went into the studio. And went, well, let's try this. Go into the studio, and then as I said, I, I wasn't. I didn't really enjoy that process. Mm -hmm. So everything after that was wanted to follow. We basically did ourselves. We hired out our own room, which is basically a studio because there was a vocal booth in there, uh, which we recently got rid of because you know 
no one's going out anymore. Yeah. And it was it cost a lot of money. Uh, and so we did everything in there for Wired to Follow. And as you as you'd mentioned before, yeah, we uh, someone got in touch with me and said um, they wanted to use some of our music in a, in a documentary that was going out on ITV. Um, so we got um, we basically got it's, it's probably a good friend of mine now. He's like a local filmmaker in Liverpool, and and it was the most amazing thing. It was a, a, about someone who they used to be in the army and uh, and lost a leg, and it was about them regaining their confidence to run again, and mm. um, basically at the end beating a world record doing five doing a five k. Which was amazing. That was but amazing. Um, the best thing about that, though, was going to because it went. It had a, like a local cinema release, and um, it was absolutely jam packed. And uh, just seeing our name, you know, on the, mm-hmm. on the actual cinema screen was just like I don't, I, you know, one of the things you don't think you never beat. Honestly, I get chills thinking about that. Like no. it was so damn good. That is awesome. Yeah, Hearing that... your music out on the cinema, it's like wow. <laughs> well, that's it, that's. Man. I mean, and that was. Um... So I've written down the word Paragon, but I think that's yes. the company that did the documentary. No, that's the name of the documentary, that... yeah. yeah. Okay, that's the name. Because I remember looking yeah. at the post and it had like some other bold letters, but kind of yeah. Paragon stood out. Well, it sounds like you're also very creative in that sense because you're, other than the music stuff and the stuff like that, I've seen you talk about web designing as well. Yeah. That you've done, you've done web design. So you must have that kind of eye for, you know, design and what looks good and what, what fits in, you know, different media and all that yeah stuff. it's it's weird with the web design stuff because i kind of used to enjoy it mm. <laughs> i kind of used to enjoy it but now it's kind of um it, it helps pay the bills you know i think it's because it's one of the things i kind of want to cut off and then concentrate con- um, concentrate on content oh, shit, creation then. you know music yeah. and videos and stuff um and it, I, I used to really like it when i used to work for the, the small company it was quite fun to do there and mm. it was one of the things it, again something i self self taught myself um but yeah, it's fun. But when you work with some companies that I don't know, we just it's it, you know it when when Is it's it a like job revisions and revisions. Yes. Like okay. So like, these are the priorities. This is what we've got to do. And the next day, here's some more priorities. How can they all be priorities? <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it, it's that kind of thing. And it's like it, stuff like that's fun when you do it for yourself. You know. Right. But when you do it for a client, and then it depends on the client. But yeah, it's it, when it's a job, it's not it's not fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm lucky to, enough to have a girlfriend who's a graphic designer. So I designs. I've got all the software to do designs. So I'll do something, show it to her, and she'll just say like, "No, <laughs> I'll do it for you." <laughs> no, <laughs> I just like get criticized. I've got no sense of design. Ah, uh, even the your love- stuff looks awesome. Yeah. It's all it's all my girlfriend. Like everything that that I've got, graphic wise, like even the the logo up here and the, oh, really? the layout, it's all her. I mean, she she did this like at the way before I met you. I wanted to do a podcast. Uh, I was telling Ben about this yesterday. I've been wanting to do this podcast for ages, and I started off by sitting in this chair with this mic, talking to the wall. And I did like, <laughs> I, did, I was like, my mum would walk in sometimes thinking that I was on a call. I'd be like, I'm recording, you can't open the door. But, you know, after a couple of episodes, I was just like, this is not fun on my own. And it just felt right yeah. with, um, with Alex. But um, I'm just going to go through the uh, the chat really quick. And then I've got some more questions. So Happy says, uh, I was talking to a Subnautica developer and I think Epic pay the developers a big sum of money to give it away for free. So it's different to Spotify where you just get pennies and or whatever to be on there. 
Oh, that's that's not actually a bad bad thing. It's interesting, I guess. bro. It makes it also makes me think about the deals that are going on behind the scenes on Spotify with you know how they um get the you know Still. Taylor Swift banners what's everywhere. Podcast, yeah. um, what's his name? I'm blanking on his name now. Um, the guy who did a deal with uh, oh Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan, yeah, that's like it was like sixty million or something like that. He got oh, paid. Crazy, man. Yeah, I mean that's that's a bit that's a bit too much, isn't it? It's a bit. He doesn't need sixty million. I'll take six. Is sixty million? I'll take six. Seven. You know, <laughs> six. I'll take one. Just you know, I'll be all right. Oh Jesus, have an exclusive. That's, that's too deal. much money. Yeah, it's um. I mean, but yeah, going back to what you were saying, it's it's crazy what deals go behind the scenes. And that we, as younger, younger, smaller, independent artists, don't really get yeah. the benefit from. So. so I remember, I think it was the Taylor Swift album one time, and uh, which I don't mind Taylor Swift at all, by the way. You know, I was a fan of def- definitely fan of one of her albums a while ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a Michelle Obama podcast. I remember I, I hardly ever listened to podcasts on Spotify, but they were emailing me about that podcast. It was a banner that was popping up. Oh, the podcast is out now. I was like, I've shown no interest to listen to this, mm. but I am getting it's being thrust upon me. Yeah. And I think, oh well, you know, your, your point about you know DIY musicians and things like that is, what where's that for us? But they can't be that for us because they've got to use the big names, haven't they, to draw general people in? Well, That's how it works. Budgets are not there for like uh, I, I, I've uh, we did it in college. We did a study uh, about um, Rihanna's Diamond, uh, that mm-hmm. one of her like first songs, and they kind of just broke down the budget. And it ended up being like something like 60 million or something like Jeez. crazy like that. And but a lot of it was in that marketing side of things. Yeah. Um, there's a, a bunch of stuff going on in the chat. Let me just go through them really quick. Um uh, whoops. So we got Holly saying, if I'm supporting a band, I always prefer physical products. Very oh, nice. Thanks, Holly. Uh, Holly, what type of uh, physical CDs, cassettes, um, vinyl? She just said mine was sold out before as well. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Sorry, Sorry I, got, I got the last one. I got the last one. I only made like, 20. I only made 20. 20. Yeah, Tiger oh, says, so I'm curious, ha- have you boys looked into creating music as an NFT on the Ethereum blockchain? So I'm, I, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> about this because I'll, I'll, so, get, I'll tell my story later. I'm inter- but... Yeah, I'm interested in your answer to that, Bill. <laughs> I don't know what NFT is. <laughs> 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 No, no, let me correct that. Like, I I didn't know what NFTs were. I didn't understand the concept of it. I, to, to some extent, I still don't understand 100% what it actually is. But from the little that I've read about, it may be a solution to uh, copywriting music. Right. Yeah. It may, if it's used properly, there may be a way to um, safely release music and make sure that Every time your song is played, you will get royalties from it. Yeah. Um, the the best description I've heard of it so far, I think it was like an interview with Keanu because they're promoting the new Matrix. Mm-hmm. Somebody asked them about um, NFTs and how it kind of is similar to, well, not similar to Matrix, but it's because there's coding behind it. And I guess that's why they were asking the question. But the guy basically explained it to Keanu Reeves as, it's a digital product that has matrix code in it. So no matter where it is, it will always register as the original product, even if people have made copies of it. So in terms of creating music as NFTs, I think, I think it's a 
good idea, but I think it will require a lot you, of. You've nailed it for where I'm coming from, my perspective mm. about where I'm interested in, and where I'm interested from the rights perspective of things. Yeah. But at the moment, I feel like you it's just bombarded by greed. Everyone is talking about is how how to make money, and then mm. I, I don't see much talk about the actual thing they're selling. You know, I've just seen I mean, these I images. Don't even of, know what's the actual thing? Like, I'm, I'm seeing I'm, a lot of images where know, I look at it and go, yeah. I don't, I'm not interested in that at all. But then these are going for crazy prices, and I'm like, this doesn't seem right. You know, there's there's something to some issue around it, and it, there seems like a lot of greed around it. And yeah. uh, if you look at any the comments for any article or anyone talking on my Twitter, it's just full of replies by people with NFTs or whatever in their their, their Twitter accounts. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't trust it at the moment. I, I am interested in technology, definitely interested in it. Uh, but at this time, I just feel like um, there's a lot of noise around it, and I don't like the noise. I think, yeah, I think it's one of those things. Same with Bitcoin when it first came out, and this kind of like going completely off topic, but it is one of those kind of I call I I, I think of them as ghost concepts. Like it's mm. not something that you can see, and in the beginning, it's, it's something very vague. Like yeah. they, everybody kind of hypes it up, unless it's just stuff that I don't understand, which. Most likely it is, but like the, the the thing that's going to hit hard is well, you know, the the Zuckerberg metaverse that's going to come out where it's basically going to be, you know, just imagine it as a, a 3D version of Facebook. We're walking around mm -hmm. owning a digital couch, digital um, clothing, and things like that, and each one will be very exclusive, I guess, where you can buy an NFT. And I, I own this, you know, um, Radiohead T-shirt or whatever, mm -hmm. and because I, I went to a, a virtual Radiohead concert and I was I was lucky to get one of these, and you can't get this now, but I can sell it and I will earn money from it. Blah 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 blah. I don't know if that interests me. <laughs> I don't. I feel like I'm, I might be really old school with this stuff, but I very much prefer physical stuff. You know, I, I, I like physical products. It's it's a very it's it's going to be interesting to see where the discussion goes with this yeah. because it is one of those things kind of coming back to digital products in general. And we're kind of at the very very beginning of stage of digital products, like talking about MP3 has been around only you know, like early nineties or maybe, yeah. maybe late eighties. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was a huge debate about whether it's right or wrong to exchange music in MP3 form and how, you know, I've got a book that talks about how music became free and it talks about the whole birth of MP3 files and how it developed. And it's a very interesting read, but, um, it's going to be interesting to see when we reach a point where things are going to be sold digitally in this yeah. metaverse thing, how, so, uh, how much value will people put on something which is not? I mean, to, to make it work for music, it's got to be exclusive, I guess. It's like if you release an, like a song, then that song is going to be exclusive to one person who's bought it. Because if you release that to multiple, I don't know how it works to kind I of think it's, it, it's kind of like stock market that like you own a a part of a part of it, hmm. like you own the original. A part of the original file, if I understand correctly, mm -hmm. um, it's not that you you will purchase it and that that will be yours forever. Yeah, it's that you. It's kind of like you've invested. I, 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 you know what? Even like thinking about it, it feels like it's going to limit your reach even more. So, so even D, even more so, DIY musicians will mm. <laughs> have a hard time. You know, <laughs> but maybe oh, yeah. maybe at some point, you know, uh, very similar to. I mean, my cousin we it talks about Vanguard quite a bit, which is mm. again a bit off topic. It's a it's like um, investing for the average Joe, right? It's a very simple way of investing your money in like Fortune 500 companies. But it, it took a while to set this up because, you know, you need to simplify 
very complex processes and ways of thinking in order to allow anybody to invest. And yeah. I think that may be the case with NFTs as well, that will reach a point where now it's a bit of a very complicated or very vague concept, yeah. but they will find a way to simplify it so anybody can any, anybody can use it. I, f- I think I'm just going to wait until the noise dies down and it's just not mm. just all about money and then it's about art and you start seeing things that are like really interesting. Oh, wow. It, 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 if, like if Radiohead went on there and made something really in- I don't think they would. I just can't imagine they would do that. But you know what? A lot of musicians seem to be doing something with it, with that space. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I'm interested in the technology at the moment, mm. but it's very noisy. Uh, it is, it is. And it, I actually, think there's not much clarity in there. Uh, just kind of want to bring it kind of back to your music as well. Um, and then maybe touch upon the content creation side of things. Uh, so you you do, um, you've got, I mean, just looking at your Bandcamp page for a wire to follow, you you've have quite a few releases with, with this band. So how long, how long were you doing stuff with um, wire to follow? Oh God. So I, I, I so I'm still with Wired to follow. Which, okay. We're trying to work on something for next year. That's the one I want to do live stuff with again. Um, but we still kind of talk between them, uh, between us, mm. about kind of getting the next thing going. So we were so what, I can't remember that. Maybe the last five, six years or something like that. We've been doing Wired to follow stuff mm. uh, more in the studio. And the thing with that, what I loved mostly about that is that we could work on our own stuff. And like so, Barry, the other guy, but mainly two of us. Uh, when we started, we had a few of us just to help us play live and you know help with the recording and stuff. But um, uh, he'll work on a song, his own song, and I'll work on my own songs, and then maybe we'll work on songs together. So we're kind of like you know, if you know the the Beatles White Album, they kind of had that kind of idea of like working on their own. So everyone had their own songs and bring in and then put them together. Yeah. And I, I'm, that's so that kind of made me realize when I was doing that, huh? I could probably do my own stuff because there was an album um, I can't remember what Read Write Execute. And the majority of the album, I literally, I think like one or two tracks weren't mine. And I was like making a thinking, I could have done this in my own name, <laughs> you know? And I was kind of like in, mm-hmm. in, in your head to do that. And I, but I was thinking, oh, I'm a big headed to do that. But then I was thinking, you know what? I kind of want to go, I kind of want to go solo because I kind of want to make this a kind of some crazy career. So it's probably better off if I do, do solo, you know what I mean? So you don't have to mm-hmm. kind of like, not to share money, but to share also like, you know, um, Got anything else with the other person? Right. It gets com- confusing, especially when they were because I've I've never worked with other people who do social. I've done all the social stuff. You've like, always been the, Have you always yeah. kind of been the like the? I mean, I hate the word leader, but oh, obviously God. in any kind of team effort, there needs to be somebody who drives the. I've you know, been the controller, which is probably the worst thing to say because and they hate me for it, and that's probably. To detriment of the music because mm-hmm. I've always been like I've had to have a say somewhere or something, and I understand that's definitely one of my um, failings. I've always got to go, no, let's do it this way, let's do that, no, let's do. This. And I've and I look watching that recent Beatles documentary, I realized mm-hmm. Jesus, I've been the Paul like for so many years. Where, I've, but then and then I think well, on the good side of that, the pro of that is that nothing would get done if you didn't have someone saying, okay, let's do this, let's try this, let's do mm-hmm. this. You need 100%. that. Oh yeah, it also has everyone hate you behind the scenes <laughs> because of it. I, I think if you get stuff done, though, I mean, I, 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 well, maybe this can lead us into your your solo stuff as well. But that's the reason why I don't do. I didn't want to go get into bands because I feel that I've got a strong opinion about things, and yeah. I've got whether it's very high standard, but I know that I, for me, I've got a standard that I want to hit and i'm not yeah. gonna half-ass anything if it's not gonna sound good it's not gonna come out 
And I think if when you're in a band setting, because you've got all these different opinions, it's harder to kind of navigate. Well, not navigate, but kind of, I'm going to say enforce, but that sounds very <laughs> <laughs> like a dictator. But like, <laughs> yeah. what I mean, like it's harder to kind of present the, the, the values and standard that you want to have in your music. So yeah. I completely understand that. Um, I mean, it's not like, oh, you could do it on your own, because I never thought that when there was a band, I'd bring a tune in or something, a song, mm-hmm. or and they'd make it better. Like, uh, my drummer I was playing with, Simon, he's like one of the best drummers I've ever even seen play. He's just got so much energy, and he's amazing. And, um, you know, Barry plays, he's really good at pianos, but he's also good at producing as well. So he really helps, all that stuff really helps, but... There is that element of like if you don't have someone saying, okay, this is the this is the next thing we're gonna work on, this is the concept, this mm. is how we're gonna put it out. Um, the, you know, the, I'm gonna, you know, no one else was looking for gigs. I was the only one looking for gigs. And, and I think at some point, especially with the first band, that kind of got at me. You know, I was thinking, mm. you know what, like I would love to be with other people who could help out on that front, but it's never really happened. So I just I've kind of just got used to doing it myself. Mm. And so is that, is, that that kind of, is that kind of what led you into doing your, I guess, coming to your latest record, which is under your name, like Victory yeah. Gin? Is that, yeah. um, when, when did that much, happen? Pretty much, because I was saying, like, that one of the releases they would want to follow, I was saying, like, I, I thought, well, I've done the majority of that. So it kind of validated me to be able to, um, to be able to do it myself. Because mm. I don't know what you've been like in the, in the past when you've been with bands. It's really hard to be able to go, um, oh, I could do all this on my own, you know? It's like right. you feel like you need you need safety in numbers with other people. And as soon as you mm. go out on your own, then everyone can see you. And for me, I, like, I don't know about you and a lot of other creators, but your music for me is my most vulnerable side. Like everything else I can do, I can just put myself out there and just put yourself in the front of the traffic and go mm. and do it. But as soon as I put music out there and I'm like, oh God, oh God, I'm scared, I'm scared. You know, people are going to hear this. So going out on your own and doing it and putting it in your own name, that was a massive step for me, like really big. That's awesome. Did you did you feel that? Um, we talked about it about this a little bit with Holly and um, a little bit with Ben. We didn't really kind of clarify, but I think there was some value in uh, what he said. But did you ever get the sense that um, of this imposter syndrome, or like, oh, should I be doing this on my own, or should I be sticking with with a band? Is that anything? When you were working this, did that kind of? Yeah, every day. Like, every day um like god if you could interview lindsay she's she's had the brunt of this for years every time i work on music i mean whether it's been the band or myself mainly myself um i'd always say to her i can't do this i'm rubbish i can't do it and she's just mm-hmm. like you say this every time you say this every time and then like six months later you've got a record out and it's done and i was like yeah but this time i really don't think you can do it <laughs> yeah it's always it's that loop it's that loop. It's like the others have just been, I've just somehow done it and it's gone out, but I, I don't even remember how I did it. I'm a different person mm-hmm. now, you know, and I, I think I've lost it. And she's like, yeah, but you said exactly this last time. And let me get this up because I wrote it down. <laughs> you say exactly the same thing you said last time. Oh, and now no. I'm, I'm saying it now because I'm, you know, I'm starting the next thing and I'm, and, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling that same way because it's, again, right. it's, the, it's, the, it's the most vulnerable side of me. It's the artist's journey. Again, good. we're talking about Stephen Pressfield. Like That's something that he talks about in that book is that, you know, um, if you think about some of the biggest painters as well, that we we adore their paintings today, that's the exact same, uh, you know. I think everybody, when, they, when you go into this creative process, you kind of go through that struggle and questioning, yeah. and it, you have to get through that because that's what 
makes yeah. you improve. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I this see. this record is a, a great example of that. You know, if you if you felt that you were struggling throughout that, I mean, I think everybody can agree that this is great. I think that's the best thing for me mm. to struggle with music because at the end of it, even though I go through that horror of a tunnel of, you know, creativity and imagination, all that stuff, and I'm like, you know, the, you know, not believing I can do it and all that stuff. I think at the end of it, it makes it more um, satisfying and more powerful for me. Mm. Um, I'm I've, I've never wanted a person who sits down and go, right, okay, this is this is this is the song I'm going to make, and this is and then when it's done, that's exactly what it is. Never ever happens. I get an idea, I've got a concept in my head, and I have that like a, like video or whatever playing in my head. So I'm mm. kind of right into a brief in my head as it's playing out. So that song started out on the piano. And it was like a lot slower and it was just the chords. It's like nice with the bits and the melody and then I sped it up and then um, added guitars and stuff like that. And then they took the piano out. So it was, it, it was a completely different song than when it started mm -hmm. out. And um, and I went through, it went through so many stages where it just wasn't working or whatever. And I would be saying to Linz, like, Linz, I just can't get this going. And then I'd go out and I'd be listening to it on headphones. I don't know how you do this with mixing or whatever, but like I'll be walking around with headphones and my phone and writing notes. And that's how I do it, like for ages when it was in that final stage. Cool. Yeah. So I've got like five different pairs of headphones. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, well, I mean, when it comes to mixing, it, I think that's, yeah, I, I kind of focus on different things. But when it comes to arrangement and stuff like oh, that, yeah. if that's what you what you meant, like I think, yeah, yeah similar thing. I will, I will put it on my phone and then just go for a walk and, yeah, it's like, but I also think with the, even the mixing stage, I feel like for me personally, I, I try and do it with a few like different headphones. Like I've got a good yeah. pair of headphones there, but I will use some crappy headphones as well because I yeah. think the majority of people are going to be listening to those on those iPhone headphones. So or make sure speakers, it works. Yeah. Or laptop speakers, yeah. yeah so kind of like... try and make it work on those. Mm. But yeah, it, it's, it's a struggle, but I, I kind of appreciate that because I mean, I've said this before, and it's one of the things that I like, I've always like been kind of for for me personally. Because I think it works for me, even though it takes a lot longer for me to make music, and it really does. I I think of my music as like happy accidents, mm. like where I'll oh be working God. on something, and I'll like I think a proper musician would be able to go, oh, this is how you do it, you just do this to this. For mm. me, it'll take a whole session to get to that realization, and then go, oh my God, that is absolutely amazing. I'm so made up with that. I'm so I'm so emotional about that mm. that I prefer that transition rather than the, oh, this is how you do it. You know, you know what right. I mean. There's something yeah, yeah. that's why it was kind of like that. I mean, you hear a lot of stories in like music, you know, in the music industry of like how songs were were made, and it's like a lot of them are just little happy accidents where you kind yes. of they just play something uh, on the spot and it comes out. Like I think the the one that comes to mind is uh, Little Richie's, um, Little Richards, Little Richies, Little Richards. Bababaluba was that the one oh, yeah. where he was just sitting on the piano in the studio? It was frustrating, and he just started playing something, and it kind of evolved from there. It came out from uh, that, yeah. yeah. Mood really matters as well, so that mm -hmm. would that would probably help him out at that point if he was frustrated. Yeah, well, I guess uh, I mean, I recommend everybody go check out that record. I put the links in the um in the chat, and I'll also make sure that there everything's linked down below in the description if anybody's watching this on YouTube later on. Um, but. I kind of want to also talk about, um, you know, so you've got the whole music side, which is awesome. And you've, you've obviously done quite a lot of stuff with that, but at the same time, you've also been quite involved in like creating content, which helps, uh, as you said, like DIY. Um, well, I, I, I met you when you were doing the DIY musicians mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I think I've told you the story. 
I was literally a few days out of the military. I was <laughs> sitting, it was like maybe 11 p.m. here in Greece because we've got that two hour difference. And um, I was like, oh, I, I, I've watched everything on Netflix. We were during lockdown. I was like on YouTube watching silly videos. And then I was like, oh, there's a live section on YouTube. And like, <laughs> I was like, oh, let's see what's under music. And your stream was like one of the first ones that popped up. And I said, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll tune in for a bit. And that's how, how I kind of got introduced. I was like, I really liked what you were talking about. And the you were doing the um, weekly kind of goals, like every week you set, um, you know, what what are you working on until the next time we, we chat, which I think was really nice. It was kind of like a mastermind for your community. Yeah. Which I thought was really nice. So um, I guess like how, how did, I mean, obviously you started, I, I went through, your YouTube channel. I like putting videos from oldest oh to newest. Um, yeah. So I, I oh kind God. of, watched, <laughs> I watched, <laughs> there's a lot of content there, uh, but I'm, from what I saw, you kind of started off vlogging, right? Like mm-hmm. you, that's kind of like the format yeah. that you, you chose. How, how was, um, I've tried it once and uh, it did not go well. <laughs> what was oh, your vlogging? I, oh God, I love vlogging and I want to get Ooh. back to it. Um, I, I feel like I kind of want to get back to it with better equipment because that was one thing that was always an mm. issue for me was sound because I'd be always using a point in, well, I started off with using a phone like mm. everyone does. And then I got to a half decent camera with a point and shoot, but the audio wasn't great on it. So we'd always have to kind of mess around with the audio in the editing stage. And I was never really happy with it because I think that's the most important part of making a video of any kind mm. is making sure the the audio is good. So right. if you've got wind or whatever going on, it just it, it really it, annoyed me. But I, really, but I love doing vlogging. I mean, as it's kind of, again, it's like the, the editing stuff for part of it. Um, and it was just fun. Like my, my favorite one I ever did was when I did the, the half marathon. Because it was such, I wanted yeah. to make something I can go back and go, I did that. And I'm so, because I'm so happy in that because I trained for ages to do that. Mm. And it makes me realize now, like when I haven't been, I haven't been running for a while, I look at that and go, you know what? I, I did that then. I can do that again. Mm. You know, so I'm glad that that kind of exists and I can watch it back and see like, you know, what was going, I can, I know what's going on in my head when I'm talking, and especially at the end when I'm like, I think it was like, I think it was that one where there's a guy behind me and I'm like vlogging, walking around with the camera or whatever on my phone. And there's a guy who's like, that because you know you're gonna get that you get that everywhere and yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's horribly it's, it's really hard to get past that i think that's my is. issue i get i get i overthink that somebody's like looking at me and i'm like you know well, I don't the thing is when you've just run like a half marathon you do not care <laughs> running is the best thing yeah. when i like i that's one of the best one of the things that helps me with anxiety and i get a lot but uh, after you went for a run, you do not care what everyone thinks about you because mm. you've got all the endorphins out here. You, you, you know, you could do anything at that point. Mm. And that's if, you, if we could just bottle that and give that to everyone, you know, I think the world would be a better place. That would be awesome, yeah. It, it, that That's really good. And you, I was just kind of going off the marathon thing. I also saw that there was a video of where you had a bit of a health scare at some point with uh, yeah with your yeah. leg. And- a, yeah. There was um, basically, and I'd never had one of the um, MRI scans before, and so it really shocked me, and none of my family had ever had it, and I didn't even tell mm. them about it. I just took to Lynn's, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to do a video about this, because there might be other people who were going through the same thing. And uh, it was just, like, I went to the doctors, I went, well, I went to the hospital, and I was like some kind of egg in my leg, and I was like, what the hell is this? And um, they did scans in there, and he said, well, and he said, okay, we don't want to say the C word. I'm like, oh my God. By saying that, you've said it. So I'm like, what? I'm like, I'm going to die. You know, why would, the, why would the doctor say that? It's like, well, we've got to do more tests. We've got to get an MRI scan. So I remember going over the road from the hospital at that point, sitting there having a coffee because I was just shaking, going, I don't know what to mm. do. I don't know what to do. 
I'm gonna die. I've got. I haven't done enough music. I've done all all these things go. You know, stupidly going over your head yeah, and all yeah. that. And um, and, and I went through the MRI scan. I thought I need to put this out somewhere. You know, so mm. I did a YouTube video just basically talking about it. Oh, I was so, I was watching it. I was like, is D? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'm okay. I know you're okay, but I was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like. Is he, is he okay? Is he yeah, I was so I was scared and stuff like because mm -hmm. you, uh, in a weird way you kind of you, I'm happy that happened because it put your life in perspective a little bit, you know. Mm, but um, yeah, but the, yeah, the, the, the doctor did scare the hell out of me by saying okay. that. I can imagine, but I mean, so, so you're doing all the not to brush over it, but like just kind of to kind of uh, move on to more. I'm just being aware of the time as well. Um, so you, you you did the vlog and then at what point were you interested in doing like the DIY um well at the time DIY musician? I liked to. I realized after doing doing vlogs, I liked making videos. I mm -hmm. really did. I was like, oh, this is fun. This is like you can express yourself through video stuff. And as well as that, obviously because of like trying to do a bit of everything, I was obviously the music. I was trying to help get our music out there. And mm. I thought, well, I had this mentality because I was always in when I wasn't working and I was working at Sony for about and there's loads of people in there. So you, everyone you could have the types of people you can meet was in there, you know, different wow. content creators on the side of what they were doing. And I'd always the guy who, uh, you know, who, who, who I'd get questions asked about, like, how do I make a website? How do I get my music on Twitter? How do I do this? How do I do this? And I was like, I should stop putting these together as guides on, on YouTube or something like that. And someone might be interested. So every I had this whole this mentality. Of if I learn something that I think's interesting, then someone might want to be taught it, you know. Mm. So it wasn't like me being a teacher or anything like that. It was more a case of like I'm going to try and put this down on a video, and then I can move nice. on, and maybe I can go back and relearn what I've just put up there, and that kind of thing. And that kind of just snowballed a little bit into like mm. you know just making some videos for a while, nice. like be with a DIY ethos. A lot of great. I mean, I went when I first discovered your channel. I went through quite a few of them just like watching you know kind of <laughs> a lot of them were the earlier ones i remember watching were about Bandcamp because i found yeah. it very intriguing that you were very supportive oh, Bandcamp. I was like oh I've, I've got this and so i watched a bunch of those as well but um no if anybody's like a musician and, and now i mean you you're kind of broadening it up to more creators rather mm -hmm. than just music because now you've got the whole twitch community as well and there's a lot of great videos on how to do different stuff on obs or like twitch and you've got like great uh, great content so i've put the link up in the in the oh, chat thanks. so make sure you go i mean if you're not i'm pretty sure most people here are subscribed if you're not then do it do it um <laughs> no pressure though um and then i guess like i mean you you've done some awesome stuff on on, on youtube and then wh at which point like i remember I feel you know like when you when you discover artists and you you feel that you kind of claim them. I, this is going to sound very wrong, but like uh, you know like <laughs> when you discover like if you discovered Radiohead for and the, in their early days and you're like, oh you know this is my band. You know like I've I've discovered and I've watched them. Go. That's how I mean this is going to sound very super creepy and I'm sorry guys, but you know like that's kind of how I feel about you on Twitch. That we I was one of the. Oh geez, <laughs> lack of a better word. I like. I remember the days where you like streamed to five five people. I remember when you were doing like playing music, and I remember the day that you switched to to games. Um. So like, how how was that? Um. How was that switch? Like, what what kind of intrigued you to move over to Twitch? Um. In those early days. So uh, because I was doing the lives, I started going live on YouTube. 
every mm. Tuesday, as we mentioned before, as part of this like DIY musicians guide thing. And um and as part of that, I was always looking out for new ways to, for musicians to get their music out there and all that stuff. And I started going live there because of the pandemic. I remember sitting there with Linz and I was like, you know what? I might just go live um like and see how that goes and she was like what go on then i was like yeah i'm gonna do it i was like well the worst thing that can happen is no one's gonna show up that's it you know no one no one's gonna come around your house and hit you with a hammer it's never mm. gonna happen you know what i mean what's the worst thing can happen I so I, I went live and then that kind of built up every tuesday where people started tearing up and then chatting about you know different ways of um you know getting music out there and that was a response to the pandemic like to do something because i know mm. a lot of musicians out there couldn't gig or like the industry was kind of just a bit crappy at that time, you know, because you know people would get paid and because of what what was going on. Uh, so it was that a way to help and also just do something every week. And um, through that, I came across the Twitch for musicians. I was like, wait a minute, what Twitch for musicians? Because in my head, Twitch at that point was somewhere where you've got to you you stream if you're a really good gamer, mm. like you are really good at games, then people will watch because that's outside of Twitch. That's how the mainstream see it. That's why I saw it anyway. Okay. You saw the likes of like Ninja, all these people who were yeah, just like top tier players. You've heard of it, yeah. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I saw Twitch as. It's a, a place where you've got to be amazing at games, and it mm-hmm. wasn't about anything else. Is that like people go to see your skill? That's all I thought about. It's like I can't do that because I'm into mm-hmm. the gaming side of me is into retro game collecting, and no right. one's interested in that. You know all that stuff. So when I went over to Twitch to try it out for the music side of it. I noticed that other companies were getting involved, like um, you know, where was uh, DistroKid and all that were kind of like joining up, Mm. and obviously Amazon as well. With Amazon Music was kind of, and I was like, wait a minute, there's something going on here because Mm. these companies are joining with Twitch, which is a gaming company. They they know something. They something. So I was like, I'm jumping over there to see what's going on. So I just went live for a bit and just played some music and uh, start streaming some um, some you know ambient stuff, which I I love to do on my own, which is quite nice, a chill thing to do. And I quickly realized that I didn't enjoy it as a musician. Weirdly enough, like, even though I was telling people, hey, come over and do it. Um, the thing that would work on, on Twitch is to give value as a musician, like the way you do with this channel. On this, You do it amazingly well. You're like an educator. You play music. You you do everything that you should do as a musician on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do that because I'm not an educator. I tried it once when I went, hey, we're going to make some music. I failed miserably. That was like last Halloween. Um, I was absolutely atrocious on it because I just go into jokey wow. mode because I don't want to share that side. I realized I don't want to share that side of me. I can, I can relate better. to that a little bit. Like it, with the kind of going into the jokey side of things because yeah. I think when you get a bit too serious about it, that's when you kind of lose people because it yeah. is one of those things that you need to kind of focus into it. And it's very like if you're working something seriously, you kind of zone out and it's not as entertaining. Whereas yeah. if you make a little bit, you know, and have fun with it, be playful. That's where, like, I, I can understand. You've got a good balance. You've got an amazing yeah. balance for that because you let other people kind of add stuff to it. But then you turn that into something amazing, like for the track, which is incredible. Wow. I'm like, I, like that. <laughs> that's not my, what you do. I honestly think you do. And, but that's not the way I work musically because of it. So before I'm like haphazard about it. I like, I, I was about happy accidents and it might take me ages before I like yeah. something. Like, I, like, a lot of the time with my music, I, I will threaten to delete the whole folder. And sometimes I'm glad, sometimes I've done that. And sometimes mm. I haven't done that. I've been glad I don't do it because music sounds different the next day. I don't know, I, I don't know if you feel about that, but sometimes I play a chord one day and it's like, yeah, and I play the same chord the next day and I go, wow, that sounds amazing. And the chord hasn't changed. You've changed. <laughs> 
That's what I the thing is. Say, um, kind of building on what you're saying is with guitar, especially, I feel that that has really to do like you, you mentioned like emotion and also like one chord, like the way you hear it one day will be different from the other. But I also think it's the way uh, the instrument reacts to your fingers. Because yeah, like, if you play on a cold day and you're not warmed up, yeah, the way you're going to play a chord, the touch that you have on the strings is very different to like, say you've been playing like a gig for two hours and then you go back home and fiddle around. You're warmed up. The strings are warmed up. It's it, 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 There's a lot of moving yeah. parts. 100% with that, but I also see that in piano. Like, I'll play something mm. on a piano, and then one day I'm like, uh, I don't like that. Next day, I'll, I'll, look, I'll listen to the voice memo of it and go, Do you know what? That was quite good. But again, mm. that might be like the way I go and play it again, it might be the intensity of where I'm playing it or where I build it. But I, I feel like for me, a lot of it is mood. You know, I like put a lot mm. of mood into things like that. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, I was on Twitch, and, uh, and then I, I realized just playing music wasn't enough for me i felt like i've said this a lot but i wasn't giving it the respect like a, a gig with, with with needs you know mm-hmm. so normally when you go to a gig you go oh that gig's next month or the month after or you know september and i was kind of doing a gig every day or whatever when i was turning up and i just started kind of hating myself doing it. i was like i enjoy it but i don't enjoy it it was just kind of this horrible balance you know where as i say like if you are a musician and you want to be on twitch my advice would be definitely to follow what kind of thing what Billy's doing, where you are educating, but you're also um, you're allowing people to interact with the process, mm. and um, and also doing uh, streams where you are playing songs and you're you know offering out you know a list of songs that people can play because all that's all the things I was seeing like the, the musicians were yeah. doing well, all of doing all of those things. So you wouldn't do the same thing every day. You do a, mm. something a bit different, and that's why like, if you're a musician you want to be on Twitch, that's really what you should be doing not what's what you're nailing at the moment thank you steve i mean <laughs> it's not about me it's about you but yeah. i appreciate it i appreciate it's it true. that i mean that's 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 awesome and it's nice that i think one good thing that you you've got and i've i've tried to take from you uh, is that you're very good at assessing situations. And I think kind of what you were saying before, where you kind of look for the shiny things and try them out and see what you, what value you can get out of it. I think that's very important for people in, in, in the creative spaces of don't narrow, you know, don't look through a keyhole. It's just kind of be aware of the circumstance. Because for you during a lockdown, you know, where everything in in terms of music was dead like there's no nobody making no nobody playing gigs nobody making money nobody paying for studio time you know if, to be in that situation then assess you know okay well what are my options mm. i think is a great skill and it's something that you know not not only in the creative space i guess but like in any profession or any you know life situation we should be doing that which i you know i think i i was aware of that kind of mindset but i i think it comes out in you know kind of following what you did from the moment i i mean i'm i didn't i missed the earlier stuff but from the moment i discovered you to where you are today i think that's a very valuable um aspect of your character that i think people should kind of oh. try and imitate which i think is oh, really great. I, I think that's just like i suppose again there's it's limitation just add a limitation to something mm. i guess I mean, the lockdown was a massive limitation. When I was making a music video, I couldn't go out. And that was probably a better thing for me because then I'd be like, oh, God, what kind of music video I've got to make? I've got the whole world open to me. What am I going to do? So when you're going to lock down, okay, what can I do with this wall? 
you know, mm. and then as soon as you do that, you're like, it starts being more interesting. What can I do with this wall? And you start getting more excited. <laughs> Speaking of that wall, I was uh, that's something I've made a note about is that watching your first um, first stream, actually, the first DIY oh. musician stream <laughs> and seeing, you know, I, was, I, I thought you were in a different house because, guys, if you go into Steve's videos and go you go to the earlier stuff and find the zero one uh, live stream that he did. It's literally just a picture of David Bowie, uh, some Beatle uh, memorabilia in the background, and that's it. But that's that wall behind you at the moment. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. also a great thing to kind of see how over time, you know, that's you, you, you're putting some thought into like yeah, how putting thought in the background. I didn't know what, what I never really watched anyone live stream. I certainly didn't mm -hmm. watch Twitch um, at that point. And so I didn't watch anyone live stream on YouTube. I just noticed that was a new feature they had. And I'm always excited about new features because I always feel like, you know, and that's another advice to anyone out there who wants to get into social media and get stuff out there. If they put out a new uh, feature on something, get on it quick because they want you to use it. So there's, mm. a, good, there's a good chance they're going to push you to, um, ahead that's of everyone good. else. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll try this out. And then, uh, but yeah, the um, the room thing, it's like this room is, is basically a storage room. When I moved into oh. this flat, like this didn't have a desk or anything like that. We just put all the crap, all my crap, not all blended crap, which doesn't collect any crap. All my crap's in there. So in that room, when that first video, it was just literally the whole of that side of the room was just full of tubs mm -hmm. and things like that. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to start getting stuff out and making a bit, looking a bit more habitable so I can actually sit here and do stuff. Mm -hmm. Because it's, at some point, it, start, it starts looking like prison walls, you know, when you've got tubs and tubs and tubs of things up there. So we kind of want to make it a little bit more habitable. Yeah. So that's the uh, the evolution of, of the wall. <laughs> that could be your wall. That's the, yeah, that's that's the Pink Floyd wall. Yeah. Either that, or you can just find a room which is triangular, and then that's well. Your room is amazing. It's like you planned it, and it's just like what. Just I, I, I feel very lucky to have found that. You know, that's a discussion we have with my um, with my girlfriend. Is that because this is the first time we're living together, and I have I had a lot of stuff in mm. storage, like uh, from before I was living in London, and what our worry was like London's very expensive, so we we're like, oh, we need to find a place where i can have a corner to just <laughs> dump all all the guitars the amps the desk and um when we visited that flat the guy had just come back from a flat that was robbed apparently and he was like all worried and all that so we walked around the flat and we're like okay it looks good it looks nice and uh, just about we were about just about to leave he says oh there's a secret room by the way i was like oh that's awesome and it's it's a uh, you know you get like this I'll show it on stream someday. But you it's basically on the ceiling, like a an attic, and you get a staircase. And we walk up, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, this is the flat we need to get because this will save a lot of space. Did your eyes just be, just jump out your sockets when you saw it and went, Oh, I can use this? <laughs> yeah, you, you immediately start like planning the whole, yeah. <laughs> whole room. It's like, oh yeah, this is where that's gonna go. So we're yeah, very lucky in that sense. And I think that's a nice thing that if you can have your own corner where you can it, it sets set you apart as well, because it looks you know, your your prism, as we'll say, prism mm. not prism, but prism looks good on stream, and that sets you apart from anyone anyone else because people go, Oh, um, you know, Billy and his triangle. My parents cool. You know what I mean? Like you could see <laughs> that on a t shirt, couldn't you? You can just you in a triangle trying to get out, you know. <laughs> see, there's Steve being creative again. See, I I can't do that. Like I can't I well, it makes not... me think of the suit, you know, the Superman where they're in those voids where they're trying to get out, you know. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. That. It's kind of like you in that room. That's kind of cool. Oh, that, could be, that could be a, there you go. That could be a t shirt. Nice. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> um, I guess the last thing that I want to chat with you, and then kind of maybe we can go through the chat a little bit because I, I know there's some questions yeah, and definitely. some comments. Yeah, that, um, 
is basically one thing that we've been asking everybody is, you know, like obviously we went through two years of lockdown and now we're kind of still in a phase where things are very uncertain and a lot of um, worry and uncertainty. And you've spoken a little bit about, you know, having anxiety. And I I know there's a video uh, which I mentioned to you before we went live, uh, which is called How I Lost My Glove. And it's kind of a story that kind of introduces the whole idea of, not idea, but like your anxiety and your um, the fact that you're a bit of a, a bit of an introvert is that a good? Yeah, because I feel yeah. now you're a bit more. I don't yeah. know if how you were before, but now you feel a bit more extroverted. But um, so how? I guess like my question is like, how did you survive? Not to sound too dramatic, but how, <laughs> what what were some of the things that you did in order to get through like the lockdown? Um, I know like you had Twitch and all that stuff, but is there anything else that you any routines anything that it's strange you say that because, like, I suppose I should, you know, talk about that a little bit. Like, I've always seen myself as introverted because when I'm outside, I'm really, I'm, I've been terrible at meeting people. Like, you know, a year ago or two years ago, if you and me would have met in real life, and we have done, yeah, we will do. Um, I'd probably be like, Ooh. or you might walk past, and I'd be like, oh, I didn't find them. I'm sorry, Bill, I didn't see you. Mm. You know that kind of thing and other people might be able to know what I'm talking about with that stuff right, yeah. but um, I think it comes from when I was a kid where I was just like and I won't go into that too much about when we were kids but um, we've got a knock on the door we'd always be hiding or my mum would say hide don't know who that is behind the door we don't know where it is so mm. I kind of grew up with that mentality of like okay. people are weird and you know so I kind of so if I get even when I'm in crowds, if I go into town or some of that, I get weird with crowds. I've got to get out, mm. get an anxiety thing where I just can't breathe or whatever. Um, now with COVID and all that, I think it's heightened because I've now become some kind of weird germaphobe <laughs> where I've got to stay in. I might, you know, I've I've, I've cancelled a lot of meetings. Like a friend who I haven't seen for years messaged me today and I was like, "Mate, I'm not. I can't meet up with you just just in case I pass any front to my family." And yeah, it's just, of course. It's, just, it's all part of that. So. Um, the the thing that went the time I went the, doing videos on YouTube that helped me help is helping me a lot or helped me at the mm-hmm. start. I was like, I'm gonna put myself out there because I wasn't used to. It. I'm shaking talking about this. this is really weird. And um, but the thing that really helped was when I went live because there was no like script to go over. There's no like mm-hmm. you know no topics or whatever. I just went, hey guys, I'm here. Do you want to chat about something? And then about 10 minutes later, one person started to chat to me. And I was like, oh, okay, hello, how are you doing? <laughs> and that's the thing. And then I've learned since then, pretty much like, you know, to kind of just push yourself out. Mm. Push yourself out. And I remember there's a quote from David Bowie, which I always love, that um, if you're ever out in the, I've made of this, but if you're ever out in, in the water um, and you feel like it's safe where you are, just paddle out a little bit further paddle out a little mm. bit further the way you're accustomed and that's always been the kind of a mantra to me it's always like put yourself in you know in the middle of the road okay for a bit and to see what happens you know so always go a little bit ahead so it's kind of me rebelling against like what i feel like i've been conditioned to in my youth i guess like to be a bit that's more yeah. rebellious about it and um so that's how i've kind of helped with i mean through covid and stuff like that has been me going the other side you know me trying mm. to push myself out there and it's not always working I'm always battling against it, but I feel mm. like you know I started off French affairs, and I feel like I'm coming in the middle because I'm 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 you know the way I, I'm I'm able to now to chat to people and things. Yeah, like that. It's yeah, definitely helped me out. But well, yeah, that's, that's something that's that's something I wanted to mention. Like in terms of like I've seen uh, just going through your YouTube videos, and you've mentioned it, and you've also mentioned it in on stream a few times as well. Like kind of not going deep into it, but 
if somebody you know watched your streams, they would never know that you're <laughs> an introvert. But it's interesting <laughs> how you know inside of you, you know that you know you've got the experiences and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's it's nice to kind of see that you know no matter how somebody is on stream, you never know how they actually deal with stuff. And yeah. I guess the point of the question is like if there's any you know like your way. I guess your answer was like the pushing that kind of your boundaries and testing and see how yes, far you can go it. with it. Because yeah. I, I don't believe that, like for me personally, I shouldn't say for everyone else, I don't believe that that's the way we are. I, I don't like it when people say like, oh, I'm like this and I'll never be able to do that. Mm -hmm. I hate that. I look at that and go, okay, that sounds like a condition to me, like a conditioning through life. And I feel like right. if I ever feel myself saying that, I'll actively try and go the other way because I don't mm -hmm. want to be like that. I feel like I'll be more successful in doing what I want to do if I just push myself out. I'll be get some more creative spaces if I'm if I'm able to do that. Nice, yeah. nice. That's interesting. That's something that came up with uh, came up with Ben yesterday. I mean, he had a bit of a more um, brutal mindset for himself, not towards any other any other person. But he was saying he he mentioned something along the lines of, uh, he, in his mind is that if he's not moving forward, he's he's failing. Mm -hmm. Which I mean is a very brutal mindset to have for yourself. But it, it kind of touches upon what you're saying that, you know, you want to you don't want to be stuck in where you are now. Yeah. And then not test. And as what we were saying before, like be open to what, um you know, what is out there, or what you what your potential yeah. may be. Yeah, I get obsessed with it. Like I, I get obsessed. With, I, I, I'm at my happiest when I'm creating stuff. I hate it when I'm not. I'm, I'm just sitting there and I get I get the, the issues there. But like yesterday, I um I had to stop a stream earlier on because I had a migraine and I lost a day where everyone I was saying this to Lindsay yesterday, everyone else got a day. I didn't get a day. Mm. It just left. And I, I felt really bad about it because I could have filled that day with doing something, making notes or whatever, but I just lost a whole day. And that really gets at me, you know, when I think about that, where everyone had this full mm. week and I missed out on one of them because of the stupid migraine that got at me. But uh, yeah, it's, that's it's, what... it's tough. That's, I think many creatives feel that way, especially people that do um content as well like if you're writing yeah. music or stuff like that they it really gets you down and it's interesting how you know as creatives you need to find a balance yeah. between 100 and it's hard to be at peace with that but i also think like sometimes it's it helps not to be at peace with it because that's the the, the drive to get you to actually do something because yeah, the struggle that's what... pushes you yeah, yeah the struggle pushes you to to get you know that like for a lot of um people who make stuff it's like the hardest thing is sitting down and writing that first sentence mm -hmm. or something like that or first word just getting there to do it so i feel like we need you need some bad things to make push you to the good things you know definitely definitely that's awesome i mean that yeah that's that's a lot of great value in, in what you just said and i think something that you know a lot of people need to keep in mind in the creative fields um Let's shall we go through some of the comments? Uh, let me just scroll through them, Alex. If you're in the background and if you've saved any of them, let me know. Okay, so mostly Wolf has a question for you. Questions for Mr. TJ. Being the owner of a minion-based Twitch channel, <laughs> which are your top five favorite minions? So he's saying this because and I've, I think I've mentioned this before on my stream, but I've definitely mentioned this to mostly Wolf. Is that we were doing quite well with Minion TV, and uh, and then. Uh, what happened? The Minion film came out, which I've still not seen. But we suddenly just got this influx of these child kids fan like fans who were children coming to our social media, going, "Where are the Minions? What's this? This is rubbish!" Blah blah blah. We've got like this very pretentious like 
like seven minute post rock songs, which are kind of Pink Floydish, and yeah. all these kids are coming on expecting to see all these cartoon things. So it wrecked our social media for a good while. I mean, it was no. good in the same, in the same, and a much smaller scale than um, you know what's happened recently with Squid Game. If you know um, that Twitch somebody channel. who was saying that was it? It's Holly. Holly, Holly yeah. was mentioning Holly's about friend, how. Yeah. But it's like it's similar to that, but like a lot of long, longer time ago. And um, yeah, it was really annoying because it's just people going, What's this rubbish? <laughs> Where's the minions? Is that like, like the thanks, guys. movie? The, the one, uh, yeah, I think so. I don't, you know what? I don't even know. I, I, it's so weird because I've been against them because of that. So I've not watched any of them because I hate it so much that they oh. leave bad memories. <laughs> thanks, Wolf. Sorry, Wolf. You're not going to get an answer out of Steve today. I don't know any of them. Happy says, I thought it was a Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> all the things you love, Steve. All the things that you love. I love it's not Sonic. Yeah. Um, on the flip, the flip side, from a fan view, it's really nice to put human face to the music. Like for example, I don't normally know anything about the people who are, make music I like, but I know bits uh, from Steve from uh, his stream, and in a way that makes music more enjoyable. Does that make 100%, sense? Hundred percent. I think years ago, pre-internet, we I always call them legacy artists, like the likes of you know David Bowie or something like that. Mm. Um, and now there is no kind of surprise with music. You can't just go away for years and just do music. And I come back right. and go, hey guys, I've got a new album because everyone's like, who are you again? We've went. To, there's a million other people to watch because unless you're how... Adele, I guess these days. Yeah, unless you're massive and you've got like a massive yeah. marketing company behind you, Ed Sheeran and all that stuff. But as a DIY artist or whatever, um, I think it's important to kind of like be elsewhere as well if you can, if you're that sort of person, mm -hmm. like be on YouTube, be on Twitch and stuff like that. And I totally agree with that. You know. And that's and something that. Is Sorry, you were going to say? No, I'm going to say that's why if, when you put out a single, people will care about it because they care about mm. you because of you and talking about music and everyone on this channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you've put that out there quite a bit in terms of like building your community and having, you know, the even if you don't have like millions, at least you've got those like 10, 15 yeah. people that will care for your music. And it's like you, you're interacting with them. And I think that's what uh, Happy is basically saying is that because yeah. he... He knows you. Oh, sorry. They. I don't. I don't know if it's a he or she. But they know your um, your stream. They can relate to your music a little bit more and kind of see where you where yeah. you're coming from as well. And you get you get other artists who don't like that. They don't want to put themselves out there. They want the mystique that we used to have. Mm. But I, I feel like for me personally, that's kind of gone. You know, you yeah. can have it in certain aspects, but you can't just be an artist who who comes and goes mm. um, when they please. I feel like you need a little bit more than that these days. Yeah, that's just my yeah. opinion. So the next question was actually requested by many other people in the Discord as well. So uh, how we talked about chicken games? <laughs> <laughs> I think, for some reason, I didn't think that was going to come up. Oh, it, wow. it's uh, the, it's a question in. Well, Steph definitely asked about it. His version of the question <laughs> is: Ask dot dot dot. How many cubes should we mash to make one wow. epic cube? Can you, you kind of? Where did this? Kiev so, come from like when, right, when so the... when I started on Twitch and I blame Holly and uh, and 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 Holly's ilk around that time because I just started as you said about five people watching me or whatever mm -hmm. and um I found out about sound alerts I didn't think you could you were allowed to add sound alerts from you know um commercial movies, and, mainstream, like movies yeah. and all that I, so I was having my own so but then I thought you know what I'm gonna try it I'm like oh yes I don't know the legalities of it I didn't know anything about cooldowns which mm -hmm. is one of the first things you should learn when you were on Twitch, on your post on because if you don't, the chat are going to destroy it. Right. Uh, so 
uh, I, I added a couple of Alan Partridge ones and ones that just it just made me laugh when I was going through the samples. Mm. I was like, do you, and he just said, do you like mini Kievs? I was like, I've, I don't even remember that from the show, but it made me laugh when I said it. And I put it in there. Someone found it and then everyone was laughing and then everyone's kept hitting it. So it just became this horrible, I'll say cacophony is a kind of a, a positive response to it, but it wasn't mm. it was the opposite. It was, it was, it was a negative cacophony. It was just horrible. It was just like, <laughs> and it, it made me laugh so much. My view count dropped to like two probably at that point. Because okay. it's it was annoying, but it made me laugh so much, and it became a thing. Then and then suddenly we're raiding it, other people, saying, "Do you like mini Kievs?" And your channel points are now mini Kievs. Yeah, yeah, that's it, mini Kievs. I guess I, to, to add a question on top of that, have you received any sponsors <laughs> <laughs> from Bear and Matthews or whatever? No, not at all. That would be awesome. Can't That'd believe be it. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be the weirdest sponsorship ever. Uh, I'm just looking through the chat again. Um, Holly says the music just makes me really happy now. It's so peaceful, and it, I also associated with uh, with waiting for a ST stream oh, to start the, thanks, in the Holly. morning because you've got you've is that the song that you've got on your opening? I've got like I play a lot of the wide follow a lot of my own stuff mm -hmm. on the, the streams now. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a bit of both. Yeah, of my of my stuff, nice. and they're very similar. To be honest, the Minion TV stuff, the wide follow to my stuff, they're very similar because mm -hmm. yeah, I. I that's the kind of music I like making, you know, the kind of ambient slash, you know, uh, I, I like melodic ambient music, which is a weird mm. thing to, to say, but yeah, that's what it is. Well, Holly has a question about that, actually. Well, her first question, which I think we've slightly touched upon, but you're more than welcome to uh, give give us some more info on that, is I, I would like to ask uh, what sparked your love for, of music, uh, of mu making music, sorry. And uh, the next one is where, where did the idea for ambient music come from? Um, oh God, that's a, that's a tough one. Do you know what? I, I've said this a lot, right? There is, I've said this a lot on my streams. There's certain moments in your life that you know are important. And I don't know if everyone else gets this. Because I was talking to Linda about this a while ago, and she doesn't see it in the same way. Mm. But um, where you'll listen to a song or watch a movie or hear something on the news or something, and you just feel like, it just feels like the whole world's black and white and then there's suddenly a spike where that thing is a colorful spike and you're like what the hell is that and suddenly you feel so emotional about it and i remember seeing a movie and a lot of movie people will say this movie's crap because you know it's a tom cruise movie called vanilla sky and i oh. i remember being just completely in awe of that movie every shot everything we said every, and but most importantly the soundtrack to it and it had seager ross had jeff buckley uh, all these people at REM and Radiohead, Paul McCartney, it felt like it was just curated for me. So I just came out and I was just like, everyone came out going, that was rubbish, wasn't it? And I was like, I need to, I need to go lie down. It felt like I should mm -hmm. be hit by something. And I was, there was this one song in particular at the end by Seagull Ross, an Icelandic band, and it's just, it was just so goddamn beautiful. And I couldn't get it on my head, but it wasn't available anywhere because they hadn't released it. And I remember being in the shop and I heard it and it was just like, it, it made me stand still. I was like, oh, and I had to go, what is this song? Where is this song? I had to get the album. Mm -hmm. And that, that's the thing. Like At that point, that's when I started making music like that. Like, that was like 2000 mm -hmm. or something. So it was long. It wasn't that long ago where mm -hmm. ambient music, I started searching for music. I was similar to that. And I came across the likes of Mogwai and Explosions in the Sky and Got to Be the Black Emperor, all that stuff. And I thought, I can make music like this. The stuff that's like, I love that makes me feel this way. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. And no one really was doing that in Liverpool at that time at all. So when we got Minion TV together and we were doing that kind of instrumental music and the whole rule with that, 
because I didn't want to do this kind of this music that went nowhere. I, I was like, it's, it's got to be melodic ambient music or like, or it sounds so much cliche, so much of a cliche in these days, but making music for a film that doesn't exist, you know, mm-hmm. you hear a lot of people say that now, but that's literally what we were, our whole idea was. Nice. So that's kind of where it came from, ambient music. It was kind of like trying to make themes for films that don't exist. Awesome. Wow, that's that's. I'm oh, sorry, that was completely long-winded way of doing it. No, but I feel no, like no, I need to have some context no, of why, that... why I feel that way about that kind of music. I, I love it. I love it because that you kind of see what sparks it, and it's always it's always interesting to see where it came from. You know, like everybody's um, creative inspiration, I guess, if that's a yeah a, a sentence. <laughs> um, well, yeah, the start of the spark. Steph wants to know if uh, didn't this wall get full of opening kin. <laughs> 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 yeah, I remember the bag of crap. Um, RIP, but that's amazing. It was an afterthought to him, but it was uh, oh, like for you with your room. Oh, <laughs> just, <laughs> sorry, that's awesome. It is yeah, true, I'm, I'm Batman. Uh, I'm <laughs> um, yeah, I'm getting more slack for my triangle room. Billy's face, <laughs> oh, Billy's trying- face is triangle. I've got a moat <laughs> just as your face cut into a triangle. Uh, do it. I feel this. I love people, but they scare the out of yeah. me. Is that's that? Uh, I think that's from what we're talking about. And I think oh, an icebreaker. I've kind of learned to do, which is not really an icebreaker. It makes things weird. I will say, isn't this weird? <laughs> isn't this weird that we're meeting together <laughs> in real life? <laughs> isn't this odd? Like, well, we'll talk. You know, probably the first time I spoke to you when we've done like one of the chats. I was like, mm. isn't this weird that we've been talking to the chat and now we're talking to each other? What are you going to say next? But the next yeah. thing's going to be really odd because you don't know what yeah. to say. And you I just thought of something weird. <laughs> just like, yeah, it's just like it makes it puts the weirdness out there, but it makes it a topic you can discuss. Mm-hmm. So it, it might people might think, oh, I don't want to do that, but actually, it, because you're both Oops. doing the same thing, it helps. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's actually a great idea, just to kind of put the if you feel uncomfortable or awkward or not sure, like just put it out there, just to kind of get it out of the way, yeah. and then you know you can get. You can get through it. Uh, Holly also says, oh, yeah, everyone is different. It's uh, not a choice for me, for example. Just a total subconscious reaction to I am anxious period to a anxious period, I presume. Uh, I get super manic and I'm like uh, an excited child. Oh, nice. Well, that's kind of like the opposite of what yeah, anxious nice. would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good response to that. Uh, so I'm trying to catch up. I'm trying to include any questions for you. Uh Okay, we've got a more serious question for Mostly Wolf, which is um, hopefully serious. Uh, <laughs> when I listen to Victory Gin, I find it to be a mix of emotions. It's anxious, it's unsettling, a triumphant, unuplifting all at once. What kind of emotions uh, were going through your head when you wrote those songs? Okay, so this is a strange one. Um, I've got a lot to say about this. <laughs> nice. Okay. So nice when I first read that um, as a kid, I remember, as I said before about music, that was one of the spikes. Like, the whole was world in black and white, and that book was in color. I was like, oh my God. Um, I remember being on the bus after I read it, and I was like, this, it, it, my whole world has changed. You mm. know, because you just, you're young and you're influenced by these words you've never read before, you know, about two plus two equals five and the, the things that people are telling you might not be the truth. You should stand back and, you know, actually mm-hmm. take it yourself. And the way you, you you learn to read newspapers, you know, someone will teach you how to read newspaper when you're younger. You're actually what they're writing there isn't, might not be the truth. It might be a bias. What? Mm. That's the kind of thing. When I read 1984, I got that a kind of um, epiphany. And I remember being on the bus 
and just looking at people walking along the street doing a thing and I'm thinking are these people real? Are they going to where they're supposed to be going? And I was felt like I was having a mini breakdown or something like that. And I remember, like, as I was, I've been with my with my wife for years, so I used to be like sixteen. And I remember saying to her, like, at that time, I think I'm having a breakdown because this book. And she was like, "Hide the book, put it away." <laughs> <laughs> I had this thing with no logo. Have you ever read Low Logo? I had the same thing with that. I've um, not read Low Logo, yeah, but the one I recommend if you want to have a breakdown. But um, I'm going to have a breakdown. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I get me. influenced a lot by that stuff, so it's dangerous. So in a way, I've had that in my head for years. And when I, I thought, well, I want to do a, 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 some music around something, because um, and I, I chose a book, 1984, because if I'm going to do about the sci-fi novels, I don't know if I'm going to do that going on, but I, like definitely at that point, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And I picked that one because it was I needed somewhere to put that stuff that was mm. in my head in somewhere else so I could then go, it's there, it's done. I don't have to think about it anymore. I don't have to be weird and have a breakdown about it. But then COVID happened literally as I was making it. So we had all the rules and regulations and the government. Everyone's like, oh, we trust in the government. We're not trusting the government. And all of that life imitating art thing was just kind of like going in between the two things. So wow. like I, and every day we um, in the UK, we were having the, the government meetings every day. Yeah. And I was getting so anxious about it to the point I had to stop watching them. Because it was stressing me out, and they were doing all, all these horrible fake calls were going around. It's being spread around the internet that people were dying in droves. And they're going to open up football stadiums to put dead bodies in. I was oh. like, "Oh my god!" This is, it was all fake and hoax. It was horrible. But um, bit, all part of that, I was just stressing out a bit. Of yeah. But it was all going into the music, which you know is a good place for it to go in. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that's basically for every emotion there. So featured in a lot of that music, like one of the tracks has got my, we, we were allowed 30 minutes of exercise, which sounds yeah. like something from the 1984 anyway. Um, and I, I recorded a whole, my whole walk um, just, and then I put that as a sample in one of the tracks because I wanted it, when I hear it, I know, I know what that is, the last yeah. walk, the last walk. And then the next day we were free. I also recorded a bit of Boris Johnson in one of the tracks. Um, and you can't really hear it because of manipulator's voice. Uh, there's another one with this, of someone else speaking somewhere else, which is a bit more obvious. I've got Lindsay saying some lines out of the book, and they're just I, everything went into it at that time. Mm. That's like feels so like it was, it was the right time to make that record. The, yeah, the right time, hundred percent the right time. That's why I'm like, um, the next thing I'm going to do is probably not that because mm. I've got an idea what the next book is, but it's not going to be a book thing for the next record. Okay, the one afterwards. Nice. But yeah, because it, it takes it, it takes a lot. But yeah. I can oh, imagine. Yeah, I love research. Nah, great question, most of all. Thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, Steph says, question for to Steve: How much have dystopian novels like Eight Nineteen Eighty Four and graphic novels like V for Vendetta and music like The Wall Two Plus Two Equals Five influence you, also Maguire? You've kind of hey. answered this already, but <laughs> yeah, the, I, was, I will just say that The Wall is one of my favorite records of all time, and I didn't get onto that until much later. And because uh, it's a, it's a proper concept album, and mm. it was one of those times where sometimes I don't think you're ready for certain music. Do you know? Do you ever get that where there's an album or something you listen to and go, I don't like this, and then a year later you go, This is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. What I feel like that with jazz. I think just yeah. jazz music in general. Like uh, when I was a teenager, yeah. In in terms of being prepared to appreciate it, yeah. You're not ready right. to appreciate no. it. You're not, you're not at that point in your life. I got that with the wall. I'd like Dark Side of the Moon. But the mm -hmm. wall, I thought, was just all over the place. I'm like, these little mini songs and all this, and I don't really get it. And then I remember being in work one time and listening to it and looking around the surroundings, seeing I was in a room with so many people. 
mm-hmm. and it just the music just worked with the scenery and it just took over me and I remember getting the chills and all this so mm-hmm. every time i start a new project i, I would mm-hmm. say this i always get the wall out not just about listening to it i just feel like one achievement you know what they were able to do there with put concept down and all that so um That's yeah awesome. i just get that for the influence so awesome. yeah, and also mogwai are awesome as well <laughs> Mogwai, I've seen the name. I used to work for uh, the company um, that handles their merch. It's a uh-huh. UK, it's a London-based company, and um, I used to see the name quite often. But I never, I didn't know what they, you know, I didn't. I thought they were like some indie band that uh-huh. was working kind with instrument. It's like they're probably the most like we we get a kind of uh, people would say we're mm. similar to those. Mini TV definitely was similar to Mogwai at that time. Oh, nice. kind of instrumental rock, I guess. Instrumental cinematic rock. I'll have to check them out. Uh, DS Composing is in the chat. Welcome in DS. He's going to be leaving a lurk. Um, uh, you can ignore all the anxiety talk. I'm terrible at explaining. <laughs> uh, we've got Wolf saying fantastic and insp- insightful answers. Oh, thanks, you. mate. 100%. Thank you. Um, all right, so uh, th- I think if you got any more questions, by all means, let me know in the uh, the comment section. Oh, sorry, is, did Happy? Ha- let me just read Happy's um, questions from the Discord. Although I think we've covered most of them. Yeah. Uh, there is one question which um, maybe we can have that as the the last question. Uh, Happy says your home seems to mean a lot, a lot to you. The, your space, mm. I guess that's what it means. Uh, what effect uh, does growing up and living in Liverpool have on your work? Music, so sh- music? strange. Um, because live, growing up, I wasn't territorial at all. I wanted to move away as far as I could. You know, go mm. and visit the world and stuff like that. But I don't know. The more I get into music, and the more you know, the more I realize. You know, same with the Beatles. Obviously, came here and all. I'm, I'm massively into that. So it's nice to be able to kind of go for a walk and walk down, you know, uh, Matthew Street whenever I want, and kind of you, you do get that sense that oh, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's just because I'm into it. I get that weird like I wasn't alive in the '60s, obviously, but I get a sense. You get, sometimes you, you get into something so much, it feels like it fills you with this fake nostalgia. Um, so I kind of I've, I feel happy about being in a place where I can just. If it, if it needs some inspiration, I could just, it's not that long for me to walk. Yeah. And go to, I literally live like two minutes away from where George Harrison was born. Oh, nice. So that's, that's a kind of a nice thing to kind of go, oh, let's do that. But um, yeah, it's it's important for me now because I, I I like living in Liverpool. I like the city. I like the people and that. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. it's better than every city in the world or whatever, but I... You I, can I, say that. We're from Liverpool, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> we can say that. But I love it. I love it. I'm not like, yeah. I'm not into the football, but I appreciate it. People mm-hmm. are well into all that. I went music side where, like, so my family went the the football football mm. side. So yeah, I, it's a it's a massive part of where you where I am. I'm definitely. I hate saying proud to say from Liverpool because that's a weird way of saying it, and it makes me feel territorial. But there is a little bit of that, a little tiny bit of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I've not I've never lived in Liverpool, but as I, we've talked like off stream, is my dad's side of the family is from. They he grew up in Liverpool, and now my granddad lives in the Wirral. So. For me, Christmas from a young age was we always came to the UK and we always spent it in Liverpool and we oh, always lovely. went into town. We always went to Cheshire, Cheshire Zoo. I can never pronounce Chester, it. Correctly. Chester Zoo. Yeah. Chester Zoo. Yeah. And, you know, like that that's the earliest memories. And my parents are probably going to be moving to Liverpool next year. 
So Wait. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna be traveling up. Yeah, I'm gonna see you here in Liverpool. We'll <laughs> go on the uh, magical mystery tour at some point if you know what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, my granddad uh, just kind of like close close the Liverpool conversation. My granddad uh, was a postman in uh, Liverpool, and he's told me stories of watching the Beatles way before they were big. Oh, wow! You they would like play in these pubs around the um around the pot like there were different pubs i guess in the area so you'd like after the work you they would pop in for a pint and they would be there would be this band playing songs and um i think they were called something else back then they weren't called the beatles they were called something else but um you know like story i mean that's kind of stories that you kind of make you think like oh yeah i'm I'm from that area that kind of that's nice isn't it yeah it's nice nice i mean the equivalent of that is like i suppose like graceland or something like that maybe in america where you know elvis yeah yeah all that stuff yeah so, so it's, it's kind of fun. like if you are, you know, if you are music, it's good to kind of have some kind of temple to say, hey, this is where I was. There's a yeah. flag to say where it's from. You know, yeah, you're yeah. going to champion that. Talking about Postman, I was a Postman for a while. Um, and this, really? is, this is a weird story because uh, I was rubbish at it. I was so bad at it. And hopefully um, the Royal Mail aren't watching <laughs> because <laughs> on the one the last time they, um, they gave me a giant bag of letters, like on my own, because I was supposed to do it with my brother, but he just went, I'm not doing it. You do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Like, what? I was young then. So um, instead of posting the stuff out, I, I posted it back into the post box. <laughs> put it back in there. So, yeah. <laughs> That's my story about being a postman for like two weeks. I never <laughs> went back after that. Like, that probably would have got me in a lot of trouble. But, uh, yeah, I was very <laughs> well, you young. Did, I mean, you, at least you did a reasonable thing. You could have just thrown it in the trash, I guess. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't you... have done that, no. Yeah, like, I just so, thought, this uh... is the best, best place for it. And then got back and went, yeah, I've done it. I posted it. I have. I did post it. Just um, yeah, just in the wrong place. But he put me in an area I did not know where I, where I was. Liverpool. Thinking, oh, you're from Liverpool. You're going to get in this place you've never been. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Just, just post it back in the post box. <laughs> That's awesome. Steve, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I hope I hope um, everybody else enjoyed it. There was a lot of great stuff that was said. Um, there, is there anything, uh, I guess one last question for you is that, is there anything that you want to uh, promote or is there anything that you can tell us about what we can expect God. from either Twitch or from, um, you know, music stuff that may be coming in the new year? Yeah, I mean, you, you, everyone knows where I am and I know where you are and, and stuff like that. Um, but uh, your music, yeah, I'm going to, I'm working on my next release, which is next, well, going to be in the new year. And that's going to be obviously working with Linz and the, uh, the album yeah. title is going to be Avar, which was going to be the artist title. But I've decided now it's going to be my next release. So that's going to come next year and probably going to do some kind of physical part of it, you know, a CD or something. Awesome. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you again so much. Um, for anybody who does know Steel, though, I'm pretty sure everybody here knows the um but if you're watching this later on and you're wondering who this wonderful person is there'll be links all over the description on youtube and we've also included stuff in the chat and yeah make sure you go say hello to steve um and you're back tomorrow with a 9 a.m stream yes nice and early yeah. what are you playing at the moment uh king's quest one which is but an I old point click game you changed did you are you playing a newer version of it i'm playing a remake of it which remake is looks a lot better yeah looks nice. a lot better nice and when are we playing splatoon um whenever we can i know i missed out on bloody holly stream i'm last like night. level 100 yeah did I'm you play a holly stream yesterday i i i well I, play is a very <laughs> you like where i am 
it's like I was showed up, died, respawned, showed up, died, yep. respawned. So it, it's yeah. I'm getting to the point where I will be able to play, but at some point it will happen. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to do it because I need some kind of help where, where someone is very similar to me. I have issues. I don't know if you have issues with it, but every time I get into a fight with loads of people or loads of pain, my eyes still start going all hazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, it's like going into lush. You know, with lush, where your senses is attacked. Mm. But um. And I've, I think it is because we're playing with um, people who are high level and things like that. Yeah. Because they're like, real to it. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. But I've been training. I've been training. I'm training. So at some point, we'll um, we'll join forces. 